Justin Court, welcome back to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you, brother? I'm good, buddy. I am great. Literally, man. So excited just to be with you for a little bit longer. I feel like we do have like the soul connection. So I'm just grateful to be back and sharing the space with you for real. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. It's been about 18 months and um, yeah, I'm ready. I am ready to have another great heartfelt conversation with another heart-filled human being, male human being. There's something yeah. about, um, I think there's something at the moment, which is about leading the way and showing what a heart-centered man looks like. Mm-hmm. It's like, in in saying this, and like when I find men who are like-hearted and like-minded, yep, yep. it's something that's just so special. It takes nothing away from women or my love and admiration of women. It, it like it has nothing to do with that at all. It's just, you know, and not to generalize, I don't like I I don't like generalizing mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we're each our own individual generalizations to me don't make really much sense. Mm. It's just there are a lot of men who aren't vulnerable and aren't Mm -hmm. open and don't lead with their heart and that's okay you know we have been kind of Mm. programmed and structured to not go forth in life that way so just whenever you can meet another man another brother uh who has just this open beautiful heart who leads with love it's just something really special uh to be a part of yeah it just shows what's possible isn't it i think you know along this journey and we'll get into the work that you do so amazingly in the world but when you start to have conversations with other people for me it was speaking with dr john gray who wrote men are from mars women from venus and even just understanding that the expression of love not just the feeling of love but the way that that's expressed in the world the needs that can be associated with some of that can look different generally speaking if you took an average of the two different types of population, the expression of that looks and feels very different. And, and I think sometimes by being an example for that for other people just encourages that little toe step to that dip in the toe towards, okay, well, what like what might that look like and feel like for me? That's like that's it. If you just set the example and you just show somebody else what may be possible, mm. it just opens that door for them. It opens up a whole new reality where it's like, wow, men can be vulnerable. Men can be emotional. Men can share how they're feeling and not only be able to share those things, but be received from someone else and to be, have that other person be open Mm. to them. Because I feel like a big fear, at least, you know, for me before in life was as a man, you didn't want to show emotion. You didn't want to express yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, because of the judgment that may come from that after. So I'm just realizing this in this moment, I, you know, it's both, man. It's like to, to, to set that example as a man, but also to be on the other end of it and to be able to receive it and show the duality of that mm. and show a man, yes, you can be open in your example of being open, but then also having the other person receive it. It's like, okay, cool. I think that will help eliminate a lot of the fear and the anxiety that comes from men knowing that they actually can share these things in a sort of a space that it will be received beautifully mm. and in love. It's as you're speaking, it's like such a paradox because men fear not having it all together, not expressing what's going on because they fear maybe there's a judgment, a reaction. And and invariably, the other person, whoever they're in relationship, is experiencing something going on anyway. They can experience that you're troubled. They, but the uncertainty comes because what's going on? What's going on with him? If only just opened up his heart and just let me know, let me in. Just let me in because I feel like I'm on the outside and I feel uncertain or unsafe because I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to lean in and to be a help and to, to be of service. It's such a paradox, isn't it? It, it is, man. And like transparency and communication, that is love. It is. It's like when we feel like we can be our truest selves, totally open, vulnerable, yeah. transparent with how we're feeling. Those are all forms of love. And it's like, why keep those things in? Because say your partner or friend or whoever may be on the other side of this, if you're not being your true self, you're not being transparent, you're selling yourself short, you're selling that other person short of who you actually are. And mm. so why take that away from them? Mm. It's like not even your, I mean, it is yourself as well. It'll be your truest self for you, but don't, don't 
take that away from the people that you love, you not being your truth and you not communicating how you really feel. Because in that, it's like, we don't look at it this way, but there's like, there's like lies there. Mm. You're just not being truthful to that person. And in order to change the consciousness, to really have love yeah. amongst us all, we have to just be open and true to who we are and how we're feeling. That's really powerful. And, and, and one of the things that kind of comes to mind is, is you can think about, well, how can I give my more, myself more love? The opposite end of that tension is how can I give myself less judgment? How can I give myself less rejection? And I think you and I are familiar with the work of David Hawkins, the power versus force, letting go, kind of map a consciousness, energy, vibrational frequencies. And it's funny because so much of the letting go of the lower vibrational frequencies is somehow unlearning what life taught us about who we are so that we may step into who we truly are. And, you know, I, I really come into this very recently. It's like those lower vibrational feelings, such as say anger, mm -hmm. that's something I'm really connecting with, uh, recently. And, uh, I used to have a, I, we may have talked about this last time, but I used to have a crazy temper when I was younger, like crazy. <laughs> and I had a lot of anger, a lot of buildup. And so my whole life I've been running from being angry. Right. I've been, I've been like, in my mind, like, why are you angry? Don't be so angry. What, what are you getting so angry for? And I've been running from that forever. And I used to think as, as, as anger, as, you know, a lower vibrational feeling and a lower vibrational frequency, all those things. And I'm really realizing that those emotions, that feeling of anger is a gift. It is my guidance system. It's not anything bad. Yeah. It's just telling me what I do not align and resonate with. Yeah. It's a breach of your values. Exactly. And it's good to feel anger in a moment for those exact reasons. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to not live and stay in that moving forward, to not let that affect your life, to not come home from work and take that anger out on your children or your spouse or whatever that may be. It's like feeling those things and being in that emotion and truly feeling it and then being like, okay, cool. I'm feeling this. I do not resonate and align with this. Now, let me make active motions and steps in another direction of something yeah. that I do resonate more with. But so it's important to feel those things, but not let yeah. them overtake our lives. Yeah. It's not making an enemy of anger in itself, isn't it? And, you know, I, I, especially becoming a parent and you see, you know, children who quite rightly for being children aren't able to regulate their emotions. And, and anger is one that we s socially have gone, oh, like that's not a good emotion whereas like the through the training i've been through the the irony is the root of anger is a need for peace mm. it's it's so ironic isn't it it's like a desire for peace yet shown in the most paradoxical of ways that I, I keep saying this word paradox and i think there's irony in that i think there's humor in that because um so many so much of this journey is a paradox <laughs> And honestly, I think, I think we need to look at the, there's humor in everything. I, I love that you right. just said that because there is, we can laugh and play and have fun with everything. Mm -hmm. And like that experience too, with anger, I, I had, we, I do, um, and I mentioned this to you, Ryan, before I do a, a weekly uh, call with um, some friends and it's really just, it's to work out. I don't like, I'm changing my vocabulary too. Instead of saying working on myself, yeah. we're playing, we're playing and we're yeah, having yeah. a good time. And we're helping each other. And I had such a massive breakthrough because my whole life, again, I've been, I've been running away from anger and it finally hit me. And I start, I really, I cried a lot during this mm -hmm. call because it was such mm -hmm. a release for me. And I finally realized that it's okay. It's just, it's an emotion. And again, it's a guidance for me. And to have well, that sort of realization, I think is just so powerful. So like anyone out there right now who has been running from anger or has felt that way their entire life, it's okay. It can be used as a tool but it's up to you to use it in that way. Yeah. And, you know, to circle around, you you now lead a movement, 300 plus million views of videos where you are spreading love and kindness, which I have no doubt has been made possible through your formative years, through your experiences, that in some way those dots are connected. Like one, would, one wouldn't have been possible without the other. And I think that is so healing when you can start to look and go all of the all of the good that I have created in this world may not have been possible without my scars. It's so it, it's really beautiful. My just journey um, 
my own personal growth mm. has been directly in line with spread love movement. It is, it's just, it's incredible. Like they've both yeah. happened and grown at the exact same time, like simultaneously, because before st starting spread love movement, I mean, I had a love in my heart, but I didn't have this depth of knowledge and, and awareness that I do now. Mm -hmm. And it really was like, I did spread love movement to help others. Like I just, I knew that there was good in the world. I knew it existed mm -hmm. everywhere. The media, news, online, social media, unfortunately it forecasts and shows a lot of the negative things that are happening. Yep. I knew that positive and that good was always out there. Yep. And I was like, I know that it's there, but if we're not looking at that ever and we're only looking at the negative, well, then our reality is the negative the positive stuff may as well not even exist if we don't know about it or if we're not seeing it. So I'm like, cool, let me just help people <laughs> see it more. Hmm. And it was just for everybody else. And then it's just so beautiful because in that I received the biggest, best gifts of my entire life. I've, hmm. I've received love in an enormous way that I didn't even know was possible. And I'm realizing it's by me giving with no expectation that's now allowing me to receive things 10, 20 times over and through spread love movement and focusing on love every single day for other people though, but because I'm focusing on it every single day, it's changed my life and brought so much more love into my life. Mm. And Ryan, you're right. Without the scars, without those things, none of this exists. Mm. Like without my temper and I hated having a temper when I was younger, I hated it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that because I wouldn't be who I am today mm. without that. And without all the things that happened to me when I was just younger in life, mm. wouldn't have led to starting Spread Love Movement and my own personal growth and all these things. So it's, it's always good. There's gratitude in all of it. The scars, yes, it's just both. It's mm. really hard. It's really challenging. It can be traumatizing. It can also be brilliant and beautiful. Mm. And you can find gratitude there. It's just, it's all of it. Just because it was terrible, doesn't mean that something great can also come from it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's what happens when you align yourself with the spiritual energy of love. It, it takes in, in love or God's economy, it takes whatever is meant for evil and it turns it to good. It takes whatever was meant for the opposite energy and goes, actually, do you know what? I'm going to shine a light on that and I turn it into a fractal of light. Hmm. That is like the cool thing about love and like in gratitude. Cause I, I, I think about gratitude a lot. Like gratitude mm -hmm. literally turns a not so great, negative, dark situation into one of light and love. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous that yeah. by just a shift and it's not always easy. I'm not like downplaying this, but yeah. in just a simple shift of our thoughts, yes, you can literally change your reality to, yeah. oh man, why is this happening to me? to, okay, there's a gift here. I can learn here. There's gratitude here. Like mm. that changes your entire landscape, your entire world. And it's true when you can just shine a little bit of love mm. into something and just see that situation with a hint of love, it changes everything drastically. It changes yeah. that situation, your reality, your entire life. Yeah. And I feel like in life, we just, we want to feel good. Like we want to be happy. We want to feel joy. Mm. And when we can see more situations through the lens of love, we feel happier more often. We feel joy more often. Mm -hmm. And when you expand that over the course of your entire life mm -hmm. and you're filling your life with all those little moments of joy and happiness, that's how you live a happier, more joy-filled, love-filled, beautiful yeah. life, which is what we all want. Oh, it's just, it's, it's the accumulation of all those interactions we have in different states, right? If, if we are interacting with people with more joy, we know that single interaction has the possibility to leave that situational person better. Hmm. You magnify and multiply that by multiple interactions a day where you've led yourself to a higher state by your ability to choose to, to choose to see things or feel things in a certain way. Like that's that's what it means to I think align yourself with the higher power of love. And so this time last week I had just finished a five day water only fast. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm realizing why a lot of the religious practices include fasting within their approaches, because there is nothing quite like the gratitude that comes from fasting for just the basic 
provision. And I think we've lost that fine art of being grateful for the basics in our life. I think, and maybe this is a symptom of a Western, my listeners will laugh because I keep talk, I keep bashing capitalism, commercialism, because they're making consumers of us, right? And there's and that they're playing with our desires. And and for us to desire stuff, we must be first made to feel like we lack stuff. And lack means I don't have, which means I'm not grateful for what I do have. So I think we've just lost this art of being able to be grateful for even the basics in our lives. And that's where the trick of that's where the trick is. I said to a friend last year, I said, I think the greatest flex is learning how to appreciate all we have without having to lose it first. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's it, right? Instead of having to lose it, realize what we've lost, just right. appreciating it before. Yeah. And appreciating it in the here and the now. How do you transform a gratitude practice of intellectually looking around and writing it versus feeling it? So, oh, that's so good because, right, we can look around and see all these things and then write them down. Yeah, that's, I'm grateful for my legs. I'm grateful for my... <laughs> exactly. And that's one step of it yeah. is first acknowledging the things around us that we can be grateful for. I think taking it to the next step uh, which is really the whole thing in order to really feel the gratitude, uh, really be in that energy and be able to be at a point where you're manifesting and bringing more things to you that you can actually be grateful for. It is literally feeling it. So for instance, your legs, right? You can write down, oh, I'm grateful I have legs and then move on. Or you can write down, I'm grateful I have legs and literally take 10 seconds Close your eyes if that helps. It helps me. And just be in that vibration of gratitude for having legs and think about what legs do to you or for yeah. you, right? Wow. I can just What's get up in the morning. Yeah. L dude, literally years, 10 years ago, I broke my ankle on my leg. I literally like, it like snapped off <laughs> and walking was very, very difficult. Like I couldn't walk for a little while. And I, and huh, that was an, uh, an instance where I didn't feel the gratitude until I lost it. Mm. right i lost that ability to walk and i was like wow this is i think the first time in my life where i like i really felt depressed because i'm like wow like to to get out of bed to put my socks on i have to get out awkwardly i have to take my crutches and i have to put them to the side yeah. grab the open the drawer take my socks out grab my uh crutches again crutch over to the bed lean back my ankle still swollen it was like this whole thing yeah you know what i mean and if we can just, right, I love that too, find the gratitude before we even yeah. lose it, but yeah. really be in that, like grateful that my legs, that I have them, that I'm able to walk, that I'm able to get to places easily, mm -hmm. that I'm able to literally just get up right out of bed in the morning and just get mm -hmm. moving. It's like, it's, that's what it is. It's not just saying the things that you're grateful for and moving on. Mm -hmm. It's taking the time to be in them and really, really feel the gratitude for them. Because when we do, we become that beacon and we're mm. setting out that vibration and frequency of gratitude. And you're going to bring more of that back to you. Mm. Yeah. There's work by like the heart math that, that say like gratitude is the gateway to the high vibrational states. So we, you, you do something, not just like you just said, but so let's, let's for the left brain people, or the right brain, whichever one, the, the analytical side. The the actual science of feeling of that gratitude, it affects the autonomic nervous system. It mm. creates regulation in the system, creates harmony between the heart and the mind. And then when those things happen, we gain more access to, I guess we'll say the quantum field with our intuition, pineal gland becomes clearer we begin to be able to take in much more around us. And I think one of the things that you talk about a lot is this idea of no separation. And if I'm not in a state of gratitude, if I'm in a state of low vibe, fear, guilt, shame, anger, I'm focusing more on myself, my matter, separate from other things. I'm, I, I'm in competition with other people or other situations. Whereas when we get to a gateway of gratitude, we become more like spirit. We become more like oneness. There becomes no separation. Hmm. That's something that gets you hyped up. I know that you talk about no separation a lot. And I said, that was beautiful, man. That's like a different way to think about it that I never really thought about it before, right? When we are feeling those emotions of fear and anxiety, 
or disgust or whatever, it is a separation because mm -hmm. we are, we're like comparing ourselves to something else in fear. We're seeing ourselves separate as, of, of something else. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, wow, that's really so true. That just creates more division from the truth of who we really are. And when we can find gratitude for things, when you can find gratitude for your legs, when you can find gratitude for waking up this morning and you can find gratitude for your family, yeah, you are, I feel like you are just more in alignment with the truth of who we are. Like there's gratitude in everything. Mm. It literally is like every situation is in reality neutral. It's just how you look at it. And if you can find gratitude in those moments, yeah, that just aligns you to our oneness. It aligns you to the truth of who you are. It aligns you to the truth of who you are, which is love. Right. And then when we can yeah. be in that place more often, uh, yeah. And the thing is too, it's like the things that like talking about this right now, and this is something I'm like really falling in love with too, mm -hmm. is talking about certain things and not telling someone that they're really, that they're supposed to do that. Not mm -hmm. saying what I'm saying is right. And what you may think is wrong, just putting out information, just putting out ideas or concepts or beliefs and giving that person the opportunity to try mm -hmm. it and experience it. Like everything that mm -hmm. I, that we ever mm -hmm. say, it's mm -hmm. like, I'm not telling you to go practice gratitude right yeah, now or yeah, you're, yeah, or yeah. right. Or you're wrong. <laughs> it's like, just go try it and see yeah. if that's something that resonates with you. And that makes you feel good and yeah. see if that is something that just makes you feel a little bit lighter and so, makes each day just a little bit better. That is love. And, and, and I'll tell you why I think that is love because there are many people that become evangelical about this path and they want to force it on everybody because they know that it will help. But love is acceptance. Love isn't, I'll only love you when you get on this journey with me. <laughs> this is why many men resist being changed. They don't resist being changed. They resist being unloved for who they are in this moment. Hmm. And yet so much, so often we can see the potential of this person or this man. And it's like, why wouldn't we think that, Hey, Go and read this, go and apply this, you'll be better. Whereas love is the acceptance that we're all on the journey. It's not my will be done. <laughs> we're all we're all being walked home in our own time. It's uh that's so perfect. It's just and that that's why I'm falling in love with this more because I feel like I did resonate more with, hey guys, I have the answer. Like <laughs> yeah. And right? you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> and it's just like, there's an excitement there because you realize it's helped you so much and you just want right. that for, like, there's a love there. You want that for other people. Yeah. But the control or the mm. want for somebody to yeah. adopt it or practice it and for you to only really accept and love them if they do, yeah. we're taken away from the whole thing where we're removing the actual love from the situation. Even though it was rooted in something good, we've lost it yeah. all now. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. John D. Martini said this really complicated line. He said, love is the synthesis of thesis and antithesis. I'm like, what has he just said to me? But it love is not, hey, present the best of yourself. I love you for all of who you are on a nice day. That's the, that's the thesis. He says also it's the antithesis, which is the shadow. It's the dark. It's all the we wish we no one ever saw of us. So love feels like accepting of all of it, the light and the shadow, the good, the bad, not just, hey, Justin, I love you for your social profile and all the goodness that you do in the world. But that other stuff you do in private, like, woo, I, ain't got, I only love half of you, my friend. And that's not love, is it? That's conditions. That's earthly, worldly conditions. Exactly. And that's something I think that we all would be great if we considered more is loving each other unconditionally. Right. Yeah. Literally without condition, not saying, yeah, cool. I'll love you. As long as you make me happy, mm. as long as you do things that I agree with, mm. you do something that I don't agree with that opposes my fundamental beliefs. Well then, uh, I don't really love you anymore. They love, they love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just but, like, yeah, go on. No, no, you go buddy. I was going to say like, because we're in relationship and, and, and I've laughed about this a few times, like with my previous guests is because I have a platform a podcast and, a, and, a, and a, a logo with a heart in the middle. Sometimes Ryan Hartley, the human being doesn't have the spirit of love in his heart. Sometimes he has a bad day. Sometimes his shadow comes out and, and no greater accountability do I have to those that are in my circle. They're like, Oh, call yourself a heart centered leader. <laughs> call yourself the founder of a spread love movement. What love are you spreading right now? My friend, but the, the love is the acceptance of all of it. And I think what becomes possible with acceptance of all of that is grace. If we have a little fall 
from that essence of who we truly are, because we can love and accept all of it, grace becomes possible. Hmm. It's it's really funny that you just said that too, because it hasn't happened in a little while, but um, people close to me would be like, ooh, news update, spread love <laughs> movement, founder, got, got frustrated or something. Got you know angry, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a tantrum. <laughs> Dude, and you're helping me realize it right now too. It's It's really accepting the all of everybody. And yeah. it's just like, when are we going to realize that controlling people doesn't work? Like, sure. And by you giving, you know, your wisdom or advice to somebody else and wanting them to do it exactly that way, you're trying to control them. And it just sure. doesn't ever work. But, but, but that reveals, ironically, where we feel like a lack of control in our life. The answer isn't have more control. The answer is surrender, mm. which is like my least favorite word in the world because letting go is, is hard, right? Uh, I was going to ask you why. Is it because just letting go is difficult to do? Well, I, I'm a recovering my will be done. I'm a, I'm a recovering guy who worked his face off, tried to make stuff happen and got very burned in the process. <laughs> uh, so this idea of surrendering to a higher power, I'm much further along now. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating for effect. But this last two, three years have been a real journey in my surrender, trusting a higher power than myself, because I've been this guy that became like God. I, I wouldn't surrender and trust anything else other than myself. And I know where my flaws are. I know my, where my weaknesses come from. I, I, I know that, that a lot of that comes from not being able to rely on anybody. So I, I, relied, I became someone that relied on myself. That's got some wonderful qualities. Like I'm, you know, very independent. I'm very good at just getting on with stuff. But I'm also very bad at asking for help. I'm very bad at letting stuff go. I'm very bad, or I have been in the past, uh, when things don't go my way. So learning how to surrender and not have my will be done and, and then trusting that this greater force than I is is working to my advantage, then uh, the art of Wu Wei, the Chinese art of Wu Wei, which is the, the art of doing nothing, has definitely been something that I've had to embrace. Not meddling with stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it would be really awesome just to talk more and identify like even what we mean by surrender because it can have different meanings. Mm -hmm. But Ryan, do you feel like yourself not being able to let go of certain things and holding tight to them? That was an older version of you. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something you feel like you're just, you're constantly moving towards like further away from yeah. that more towards the idea of being able to surrender. Every time I've surrendered, I've been shown almost like good and faithful son well done thank you for surrendering ah uh, <laughs> that's I've amazing yeah yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like, i've got you don't you worry wow and I, I just i love you man because like that older version of you that's who you were then that's not at all who you are right now like the ryan you are right now is not the ryan you were yesterday or a month ago or a year ago or five years ago mm. so i think it's just it's great to you know recognize you know that's who you were at one point but that has no relation to really who you can choose to show up and be right now. Mm. And then, so just when we say surrender, right? A lot of people, there's a misconception of surrendering being like lazy and not moving or yeah. not caring or not doing anything. You're just like, you're surrendering. You're just giving up. And it's just not that at all. Mm -hmm. To me, at least my perspective of it, like surrendering, another word is allowing. And allowing with openness to receive. Mm. So when, if you're in sales and that, and that sale that you were really hoping on fell through, surrendering, not, not, not caring about it, learning from that and growing and moving on for the next one, but surrendering to the idea that you lost that sale. That's okay. The only pain that gets created is when you cannot surrender to the loss of that sale. Cause you're like, oh, why didn't I? This is, well, that it was that person. It's you creating that inner turmoil. Yeah. If you can just allow and surrender to the actual fact that this is the reality of the situation and learn and grow from it. Mm -hmm. That's like, at least to me, like that, that's an example of surrendering in something that's like real and hopefully tangible for people. It's yeah. not, not caring. It is allowing to be what is yeah. and not letting it tear you down but finding the gratitude in it, finding the goodness in it and just allowing to be, to be. Well, which is surrendering the attachment to those things, the attachment yes. to the outcome, the people, possession or the place. 
and surrendering the because because the attachment being the rootable suffering, right? Yeah, I, I always find it ironic how Sadhguru says that there is no suffering without our permission. <laughs> Talk about accountability, and like how incredible is that? Like how how beautiful is this universe and our life and this world that it does it it's it falls on us it's not like it's not a bad thing it's not like oh now it's on me mm. it's beautiful that it comes down to us because then we have the ability to create the change or to create the growth or to learn from it if it comes from something outside of ourselves that we have no control over mm. that's when we can't make any adjustment right yeah. but when it's within us that's everything because it allows mm. us to change our perspective, to see it through love, to change it a little bit mm. so that we can make that adjustment. And it can only happen when the accountability is on us. Mm. Like, thank God, like, thank goodness it's that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. sometimes when it's like, well, yeah, I mean, like you have to choose. I love this example. You have to choose to be offended. And what you just said too, it's like, that's a beautiful thing that it yeah. does. It falls on us. Well, we need to embrace that. There's yeah. Power there. And not to be too political, because I kind of have a tendency to go down that path, which is the the governments have also brought in a middleman or a middle person where we outsource all of our stuff. So we go to a, a doctor for our health. We go to a restaurant for our happiness in a meal. We go to a salon for beauty. We go to, you know, a, we go to a drink for energy. We've been conditioned in the Western world that everything is outside of us. Yeah. And it's a disservice from everything that we've just talked about. Hmm. Wow, that was like that like really hit me. You go you go somewhere else to get your energy. Yeah, everything's outsourced. Yeah. It's like our energy. Instead of doing breath work or meditation or going on a run mm. or working out or yoga or something like that to create our own energy. Wow. We first think so true, dude. We first think, okay, let me go to Starbucks. Let me go outside of myself in order to create the thing that I'm actually yeah. able to generate and have within myself. Yeah. And it does like that takes our power away and like thinking your life to be blamed or falls on somebody else. That's mm. what I mean. It takes your power away. And by doing those things that you just mentioned, it takes our power away. Like when we can't grow our own food mm. and we have to go to the grocery store or the restaurant in order to have a meal that mm. brings us happiness that takes our power away and that takes away from things that we're able to reproduce and create on our own. It's not something that's needed from outside of us. Yeah. Well, this is it. And so you've just had a guest on your podcast recently, a lady from the UK, I think. Is it Elle, Ellie? Um, she was the first put on the beauty pageant to, to not wear makeup. Yeah, Elle. She is. Elle. Yeah, she yeah. Yep, the first one to go through uh, the Miss Great Britain um beauty pageants yeah. and not, yeah, you're, and not wear any makeup. And, and I think that's, you know, cause I'm not anti-makeup. I'm anti the belief that that's beauty because I think beauty is not of this world. I think beauty is in its expression. I think beauty is in all of us, not how we look by this world, which is why I get offended, not, not offended at the level of me as a human being, but this belief that my daughter's beauty is in any way found in a product in a shop. Like my daughter's beauty emanates from her heart. And if she wants to use those products, then it will be to the fullest of her expression so that she can show to the world who she wants to be rather than being defined by how the world expects her to look. Hmm. And like how beautiful too, man, because I'm thinking about this, like you're feeling towards that, right? There's like, I don't know, it feels like maybe there's like a little frustration. There's a little bit, you know, you kind of, you even said that. It's a disservice. Yeah, a disservice to who she truly is. It, it is. And like for you to feel that way towards it, to me, there's beauty in that too, because that just shows you again, what you don't align with. It shows you and it helps you, Ryan, understand, I feel like even more who you actually are and what you believe in and what you want to represent and bring yeah. to this world by that existing and you being like, no, that's not for me. Yeah. And you're right though. It is a disservice. It takes away from us. And I love that too. It's like, I'm not against makeup either, but I am against the belief that you need makeup in order to be beautiful. Mm. And Elle said this too. She's like, I don't dis disapprove of makeup, mm. but it's not the end all be all. You don't need that in order mm. to be love, in order to be beauty. If you want that because you want to be creative or, um, I don't know, bring a little bit more 
like light on a part of your face or your body. It's like, that's cool, but not when it takes over as the end all means in order for us to be beautiful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Dude, I and I love that in yourself too, buddy, because like that right there hearing like, and I could tell in you, there was like a little bit of like, right. Disagreement with mm. that idea. And I just think that's awesome because it just shows you who you are and it shows you, it shows you even more, dude, like the, the things you want to instill in your daughter, mm. right? It makes it that much clearer to you what you actually want to instill and the type of things that you want to pass on to your daughter. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that, man. How are you navigating fatherhood? How is the way since you last joined, you've become a father, you got a one-year-old now, like, how are you navigating? Because nothing teaches us more about ourselves than our children. Well, certainly in my case, like I've learned so much about who I am and, and, and it revealed so much about what I had still to heal through having my own children. Ah, so I will say really quickly too, my wife is pregnant again. So number two what? is, <laughs> I'm sure you said this the last time you come on the next time. <laughs> so that's really exciting, but I, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there, but to be here and now in this moment, uh, talking about Violet, it's been incredible, yeah. man. And I've received some insane gifts from her already. It's yeah. been blowing my mind, but the journey has been amazing. She is incredible. She sleeps really well, eats really well, super happy. She just is an easy baby, but I feel like she just, it's been, it's been amazing so far. And the gifts that I've received Ryan on like a whole nother level of my awareness it's healed things in my past. So, uh, my dad, he is, you know, this Italian guy from New York, from Yonkers. And, uh, yeah, he's always had like this kind of harder exterior mm -hmm. underneath. He is a, just a boy who just wants love. Mm -hmm. It's, he just, he's just a gentle soul who just wants to love and to be loved. But, you know, he growing up where he grew up with his parents, he just, he's always had this just tougher exterior and he, he's had a temper, uh, you know, my, when I was growing up and things like that. So he always let us, we always, me and my brother, we always knew he loved us mm -hmm. always. We never doubted that for a second. He just wasn't the father who showed it very emotionally or, mm -hmm. you know, sat down and had these long, deep conversations with you. You know, he'd be kind of quick and again, could kind of shout or have that temper in a moment. And seeing him, Ryan, now with my daughter, it is this brand new version of him. It is the most loving, open, that true inner child boy of him as I like coming out that just wants love and to be loved and to show love. And I'm seeing this version of him that is just so incredible. Mm. It is just pure love. I'm like its truest form. And it's what, what I, what I've experienced now through this is watching him with a violet mm -hmm. and seeing that immense love is something that like I wanted more of when I was a kid. And again, he mm -hmm. always loved us, but this is a different form of love through him. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I always really wanted when I was a kid to receive that love through him. Mm -hmm. But where it's what's happening is that I am receiving it now. Yeah. I'm still Yes. Would it have been nice to have experienced it back then? Maybe cool, whatever. I'm experiencing it now. Yeah. That's it. And it's healing that inner child of me who wanted that experience. Cause even though I didn't experience it as a child, I'm getting the experience now and that's all that matters. So it's just, it's, it's helped me so much see that in him. And that was like healing dude that I didn't even know that I needed or desired or wanted. And it's just, has been happening and it's changed my life so much. I, the love that she just sparks in people, him being one, um, the, the love that she just brings out of people mm -hmm. is crazy, man. It's like, you can really see it in, in other people just close to my inner circle. You, you really just can, you can see it so clearly, mm -hmm. the love that she just is. And then because people are in her presence, they connect and feel that vibration of her love and then more love flows through them. And to be able to witness that is just one of the greatest gifts ever of my entire life that I didn't expect or know was going to come from having a child. So I don't know, man, being able to have these experiences has made fatherhood 
it's taken it to a whole other level that again, I just mm. didn't ever know existed. So navigating through fatherhood has been great. I'm enjoying it. It's helping me learn more about myself. It's helping me heal in these certain ways. Mm. It's helping me see love more places than I've ever seen it before. Mm -hmm. And I just, I embrace it all. You know, when you're, when I'm changing her or something and she's crying, mm -hmm. you know, she's crying and screaming, our mind starts to go a little crazy in that moment, right? There's like just panic and chaos. And I love that though, because those are gifts for me to use those moments to feel the chaos and be like, okay, mindful, like beware, you're in chaos yeah. right now. Seeing that, being aware of it, <laughs> and then gently moving away from it and moving more towards calm and peace. And mm. like, those are great gifts for me that allow me to practice mindfulness and awareness yeah. more often. So before in my life, if I had a kid when I was in my 20s, I would have probably just gone crazy in those moments and had a temper and freaked out. Yeah. But now I just see it in a much different way. And they are like, Every moment of life, and I'm well, I'll speak specifically being a father, is a gift and it is a moment for me to learn, mm. a moment for me to grow more, a, a moment for me to be more mindful, be more aware, and a moment for me to be more loving in moments. Yeah. Yes, which is in a sense conscious parenting, your ability to come to a, a level of consciousness, which for me is, is leadership. And this is this is the revelation I had when I first, you know, I was getting into the leadership game and becoming a parent at the same time. Is like it's the same thing. Parenting is leadership. My ability to get the best out of myself and the kid in this situation requires me to make conscious choices. If I'm just operating out of my programs and I'm reacting, you know, out of my uh, my my lack, shall we say, my lack of sleep or my lack of patience, then things don't go so well. So being able to lead myself to that moment where I get the best out of myself and, and the little one, that's leadership. And I guess, you know, leadership, love, we talk about our self-love. I think one of the things I'm journeying with with people at the moment is this, this idea of, you know, when we said earlier about only loving the good light, the, the, the goodness. Well, what happens when we apply that same mentality to our self-love? What happens when we only love ourselves when we're, good boys, good girls, showing the goodness. Like, but, but we deserve more than that, right? We deserve to love ourselves to wholeness. Thank you, man. That is just, <clears throat> that is so important to to bring up. And I, I need that too in moments. And I need that right now. Thank mm -hmm. you really for, for bringing that to my awareness. And that's something I think we all need to think about because even in myself, you know, I'll think about my wife and Violet, my brother, my parents. It's like, Loving them always, no matter what, having love for them. But am I doing that for myself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's just that simple shift in awareness to think, am I doing it for myself? And as I think mm -hmm. about it right now, no, I'm not doing that for myself all the time. I'm just not. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so grateful for you just even bringing that up right now to be like, okay, you keep putting it outward and that's good to have love for the people around you. But yes, accept yourself. When I hit the snooze button and instead of waking mm -hmm. up at 6.30, I woke up at 6.50. Like, have love for yourself. Don't judge yourself. I woke up this morning and didn't have enough time to meditate. Like, don't beat yourself up. Stop hating on yourself. If I was in a moment with another person where I let my emotions get the best of me in the sense that I didn't, I didn't act in love in that moment. Maybe I did act in frustration. Mm -hmm. Growing and learning from that and accepting that as myself and not... Mm -hmm not judging myself for that because I do that. I'm like, dude, you could have, you should have been better in that situation. That's who you are. Like, I know I am love. I know that we all are love. So when I don't act in that way, sometimes I'm like, dude, like get it together. And uh, just having a little bit of acceptance in those moments and just giving myself a little bit more grace and, and peace. Yeah. Grace, peace. And so you and I both interviewed uh, James McRae. And uh, James' book is is incredibly titled "How to Laugh at Yourself in Ironic Amusement During Your Existential Crisis," and I love <laughs> like I I taken that title and I have applied it to my shortcomings because I, I like to just practice the no shit Sherlock approach, which is if I start to diagnose my life, my conditions, my environment, what's going on, well, there should be no surprise that I'm acting or thinking or feeling the way I am because I'm a human, I'm a flawed human being. So I can laugh at myself in irony, ironic amusement, because it's like, well, of course that's, 
how I'm thinking and feeling. Change something, hold myself accountable and pull myself through it. Like, I love myself for it. I love myself higher, shall we say, rather than the the heaviness of judgment and criticism. As you just said that too, it's like even loving ourselves in the moment that we were aware that we didn't want to act in that way. Like that realization in itself, just having love for ourselves, just mm. that one even simple step. Mm. And that to me, it right there changes everything because it's like, right, in order to even have that thought that, ah, oh, man, it, like the thought of beating yourself up of, oh, I could have done that better. Removing that and just finding gratitude that you even had the thought mm. that you could have been, you could have done something in a different way. Yeah. And just finding gratitude in that. And that again, mm. shifts your whole entire world and your whole entire perspective. Yeah. Ryan, can I ask you a question? Cause yeah, I could kind of use, yeah, I could uh, use some of your wisdom. We talked about conscious parroting mm -hmm. and brand new at this <laughs> and it feels overwhelming at times, man. Like it feels daunting and like mm -hmm. suffocating at times where you'll throw on, you know, a cartoon and they're literally talking about killing another person in, in the cartoon. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm all about talking to my daughter about death because death is a part of life. And then we'll, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that. But it's like, that man, like she doesn't know that murdering somebody exists <laughs> until we tell her that it does. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she doesn't need to know that that doesn't need to seep into her subconscious at such an early age, because that, then that normalizes us murdering somebody. Mm -hmm. It becomes a part of the norm. And I want to exist in a consciousness and reality where murder doesn't even exist. Rape doesn't exist because of who we are mm -hmm. in ourselves, our consciousness, those things just can't exist because of who we are mm -hmm. and because we're seeing each other and we're living through love every moment. So it just, I don't know, man, like other ways, do you feel the same? Do you like, do you feel the same way that it can just be overwhelming? Try And I, I can't control everything that she does or that she sees, but just like, you know, trying to be that filter for her. It just seems like, uh, it just seems like a lot. And I'm wondering if you feel the same way. Yeah. If there's things that you figured out, um, just ways of thinking about it that have just brought you more peace and acceptance to the situation and to the reality that we well, live in and the things. I'll I'll first honor you by having the desire to be the best parent you can be. Like what an incredible gift that is to that child that you think about stuff to such a level where you are actively taking responsibility. Like she's only got one father and you're it. And what a gift to her you are of considering everything to that degree. And you can drive yourself neurotic to this point where you start to think about everything. But the most freedom that you're going to gain, both yourself and your wife, is living out of your values. Because when you live in your values, you will live out of peace. If you sacrifice your values, you will sacrifice your peace. So as long as you two are connected, and this is the greatest advice I can give you, you know, being married, you know, 10 years, uh, 12 years, is that you're a team, right? Between the two of you. And the quicker you can get to working from a shared set of values, which is my, what my wife and I have learned over this journey, then the more you're on the same page. Because obviously life will, will squeeze and there'll be pressure and there'll be different viewpoints on how you deal with things. But if you can come to the world as an expression of your relationship as to what you believe is important about this little thing and that what you want for them, what you don't want for them, you can then start to make decisions in the moment that bring you peace. And I, and I, and I think life is 80-20. You know, if you can get this right 80% of the time, then there's grace for the 20. You know, for us, we don't, we want to eat good good foods we don't want to be plying our kids full of like fast foods and all that sort of stuff but if they go with grandparents for a, a fast food then so be it we're not going to get neurotic and the whole thing's going to fall down because we are the ones responsible for the basics we will and there's an incredible book called hold on to your kids by a guy called dr gordon newfeld who co-authored it with gabo Marte. and ultimately what the biggest thing for for parents is to equip our children with a sense of who they are. So 
the more and more you can speak into a life as, hey, you know, we're team court. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is how we think. This is this is who we show the world that we are. She's going to learn that from the two most important people in her life, not TikTok, not Instagram, not YouTube, not TV and culture. This is the culture wall that people are suffering because people haven't taken the approach to parenting that you have and are, which is active, involved, responsible, accountable. People are outsourcing their parenting and their children are being parented by the culture, which is why we've got an epidemic of children who are lost and influenced by the forces of culture. The way we combat that is to give them a sense of who we are, what our values are, not in a clinical business setting, not we're going to sit down and we're going to recite our goals. and But no, we speak into it all the time. We're Hartleys, we help people. We're Hartleys, we're kind. We're Hartleys and we share our gift with the world. These are just three of our little mantras. Mm. I just speak into that for you, my friend. Like you, your wife, just feel, feel like freedom in the fullest expression of how you want to bring this little one into the world. Mm. Dude, thank you so much for that. That was hugely helpful and every little word that you said. And thank you again for the awareness. Even I get so caught up in being overwhelmed by it or really just trying so hard to help and guide her mm. in love that I don't give my own self the love for even trying to do that mm. and to be a conscious parent who's trying to help her. I get so caught up on the other side. I forget to just be grateful and have love for myself for even trying to do this for her. Is again, and what room for one more paradox. We want the best for our child. And yet in doing so, we take on such a responsibility that we actually forget that they are loved by God, source, universe, energy, and that they are theirs. They, they might be our earthly child, but our children are also loved by the universe and the universe wants everything. Everything is all well. Everything is unfolding as it should. And sometimes that paradox of taking full responsibility for your child, but also trusting that they're on the path and they're loved too. Trying to navigate that tightrope. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And just like, honestly, knowing too, that she's here on her own journey. And I'm realizing this now too. And we've been talking, we talked about this uh, during this episode. I'm realizing, and I've had this thought a little bit before, but I'm like, really it's hitting now that I need to release my control. We just were talking about that, right? Just allowing and accepting. And I said that, when are we going to learn to stop trying to control things and thank you for this moment right now, because I need to release my control of what she consumes, what she sees, because I can help and guide her in the best way that I can, but then just releasing that and just not holding so tight to being like, she has to only take in this information. Mm -hmm. She has to grow up and be in this exact way and be love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, she's here to experience. Yeah what she's here to experience. It's her own journey, her own path, her own soul's journey yeah. to be here and live and see and experience what she's supposed to experience. And me trying to shelter and help her in every moment mm -hmm. and not allowing her at times to fail yeah. and to feel pain by trying to constantly remove that from her. I am limiting her enlightenment and her mm -hmm. awakening. I'm pulling back from that because- yeah. Most likely she needs these moments to grow yeah. and to awaken more into the truth of who she is. Yeah. And the gift is the truth. You know, your ability to journey with her around the truth that you're revealing and you're being exposed to with love beyond the media, beyond the government stuff, beyond the propaganda, beyond the TV and the programming, you can speak to the truth of what it means to be loved and what it means to be human. And the greatest lie that she'll be told is that she lacks in some way the greatest gift you have is to bring her back to wholeness to making her realize that she is loved that there's nothing that she can do say that's going to make her any more or less loved that she has something of worth and value within her that is only made to be brought to this world 
in the service of other people, like what a gift and what a platform that's going to be. And, you know, one of the the great things that I've done with my kids, but it, it proves to be a little bit annoying is I've given them the gift of understanding the messaging behind advertising. So this is the thing. When you start to have good conversations with kids, I'm like, say to my kids, I said, you know, they're just advertising that because they want you to believe that if you have a Coca-Cola, you'll be happy. And so they've started to understand some of the, oh, so they're just trying to sell me that. Now we can't watch a set of adverts without my kid going, dad, this, this advert's ridiculous. They're trying to say that if I do this, then I'll get that. <laughs> so it's, it's wonderful because I've, I've expanded their awareness. It's just flipping annoying that we can't get through a set of adverts without, <laughs> without them being analyzed. <laughs> wow. And how amazing. What a gift to give them that awareness at such a young right. age. Yeah. Whoa. But, but this is the thing I, I have to be careful not to turn them into a propaganda kind of conspiracy theory type. But I and I trust that they are capable of handling truth. Hmm. And that includes lots of messy different conversations, particularly ones around culture that say we can do and be anything that we want to be, that we can have anything, we could all of these kind of things that get fed into the culture. It it, it I don't have the answers and I don't have a playbook. But what I do is I have a trust that we can handle conversations as a family where we all explore, what do we think about that? Well, here's what mm. I think about that. Um, and then what we learn to do is think critically. I think that over time, maybe not as a one-year-old, I mean, my kids are 10 and seven. We're starting to develop little kids who can think for themselves. Yes. I Teaching your child, right, to do that, to think for themselves, to form their own opinions, yeah. to take a situation and not just believe what someone told them to believe, but to look at it study it a little bit, you know, have thoughts based off their own experiences and then decide how they feel about that situation. That's like, that is huge. Mm. Uh, thank you for that, man. Cause that's something too, right now, as you say that it's like, okay, cool. Keep this now in my library of things to, to teach Violet and to help her as she grows. One of my friends said something to me recently. I was just about to go into the hospital, see my nan. And he just prayed into my life. He spoke into my life. He said, you are prepared for this moment. Just trust that whatever's gone on in your life to this very moment, you are prepared just the way you should be for whoever needs you in that moment. Go be that expression. Go be that fractal expression of God so that they may experience him through you. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfectly said. Wow. Uh, and that's it. Same applies yeah. to us as parents. Wow. And that's it. Like in every moment, really, if you can have that awareness, I need to, once this comes out, I'm going to take that little snippet because if we can bring that to every single moment. Wow. Yeah. And that's it. It's trusting that that's the case. It's trusting that. And, that, and that's the, that's the humility that I am, but one of 8 billion people, but there isn't one like me. And the mosaic of life remains incomplete if I don't place myself. It's brilliant. There's like, uh, you know, there's so many of us. Yeah. And if you say, you know, I'm unique, you're unique, we're all unique, well, then none of us are unique. But it's one of those divine dichotomies where I've been talking about this a lot recently, where it seems like two opposing beliefs can't exist at once, but they do beautifully and simultaneously, and they fit together perfectly. Mm. And that is one of them. We're all unique in our own individual way. My uniqueness... <clears throat> doesn't take anything away from yours, Ryan, or anyone listening to this right now. Just knowing that because so many times like, mm -hmm. well, you're not special or if you're special and I'm special and we're all special, then no one's special. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. nah, yeah. there are infinite variations of who we can be and how we can show up. Yes. And we're all needed for the universal construct to exist the way that it does. We're all needed to yeah. be here. So yeah. you are unique. And you are special to it all. And that reveals itself when you start to realize what is it that I've got that people need? Because the reason it's called a gift is because it's meant to be given away. Mm. And I think one of the greatest things that we can give our children is the discovery of whatever those gifts might be. Because there's this nature-nurture debate, right? Is it nature? Is it nurture? I choose to believe that my job as a parent is to nurture their nature. I've got a boy and a girl who both show different tendencies to be naturally good at something. 
One's academic and sporty. The other one's expressive, creative dances. Now, I see my role as one of nurturing their um, skills to provide them opportunities so that they may grow in that natural, inverted comma, talent so that they get opportunities to express it, to use it, to share it, to build it. And I think over time, I think that's going to compound to them becoming young adults that realize the value that they can bring. Dude, in this conversation, it's making me realize. So it's making me realize that there's so much knowledge and information for me to gain from people who have children. Mm. But most importantly, people who I feel like align with my beliefs of of how I think is the most constructive, most loving way to mm-hmm. to raise them, right? Because the group that I do every Thursday, no one else in that has kids, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Like, but it literally in this conversation, I'm like, wow, I need to tap into yeah. more well, people and just share this. I challenge you a little bit on that because one of the wonderful ladies I've had on my podcast, Dr. Vanessa LaPointe, she's written a couple of children's books. I'll connect her with you after this show. Um, she ha- talks in her book how, because there are so many parenting experts out there, they've forgotten, they, they've lead, led, led us to forget that no one is more of an expert over your child than you. Mm. And it's almost like the way that the Western world tries to do self-help, parenting help, all these books, all these techniques, it's taking us away from our intuitive ability to do what we have done for centuries. So ironically, she's written two books about that, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, yeah, ironically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's coming back to the truth that we have all that we need as parents, that we are built with the hardwiring ability. And um, and this is what the stuff that Gordon Neufeld says is that through attachment, oh. through love, through that attachment, um, love moves us. Because there is a bond, because there is this attachment between parent and child, the parent moves 3 a.m. in the night to feed, for example. Like that isn't out of intellect, that's out of love. And uh, I was in a local town recently. There's some graffiti. It says love is metaphysical gravity. Love is metaphysical gravity. So love is the energy that bonds. Hmm. <laughs> I've never thought about that way at all, but that, that that just like clicked it in even more for me. Yeah. Understanding love in that way. Yeah. So when we trust to allow the power of love to just flow through our relationships, we will be moved and it will be love, the force that drives us to move, to do whatever is needed. Great, isn't it? It is. I just had to like really take that in and just be in there for like a second. Well, you've hit the gold mine with by, uh, by fronting a show called Spread Love. <laughs> it is the master key to everything. Uh, literally, I mean, I, I noticed it in myself, man, when I'm in a situation or in a moment and I'm moving through that in love, in what you just spoke of, everything just feels lighter. There's less friction and it always just works out Mm. in the most unexpected, beautiful way that was not even perceivable before you were in that vibration of love. So good, isn't it? David Hawkins says that um, love makes miracles possible without labeling them miracles. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so, I want to be super respectful of your time, my friend. Uh, with over 300 million views of your content, with every post and every interaction, with every eyeball that sees a bit more love and kindness that you spread, what do you think the ripple effect of your work will be? I, I have a word here, always better than yesterday. It's called heart print, which is like the the residue. is the It's the possibilities that we create by what we put out, our vibrational energy, our love. When we put that out into the world, we make things possible for other people. What do you, Mr. Court, believe will be the heart print of Spread Love Movement? So I, I think it all it always boils down, and we talked about this a couple of times, it always boils down to us and who we are and who we decide to show up and be in every single moment. It's our consciousness. So if in every single moment, every single person on earth moved from the consciousness of love, 
think about the heaven that would exist on this earth. Like it's, mm. I understand it seems very far from where we are right now in our current state of consciousness. I get that, but let's try to embrace the idea and the belief that it is still possible. Like just because it's far away doesn't mean that it's impossible. If we consistently think it's impossible, then it will consistently be impossible. But it's just accepting the idea and the belief that it's possible, boom, opens that door and moves us closer in that direction. Mm. So in you know the videos that we post of good things that are happening, kindness, love, and the videos that I talk about, my hope and heart print that I truly believe is happening is that people are there, they're seeing these moments of love right there instantly it is shifting their vibration higher and higher and higher to one closer, if not one at love. So, and every person, again, that this touches that sees the video, they're vibrating a little bit higher. They're seeing life a little bit more through love. They're going to act a little kinder to that person that they see. They're going to be a little bit more loving towards their child, towards their spouse, towards whoever. And as we do that collectively, and we expand that over more and more and more and more people, having these moments of higher vibration, higher love that helps shift the entire consciousness that helps shift their life mm. to one of more peace and happiness and love. So just trying to put out these little points for each person out there to have these moments that will affect themselves, their life, their inner being, their soul, that will also affect our entire consciousness of this planet. Mm, I am here for that, my friend. I am grateful to play a small part in in helping you spread that movement. I um I absolutely love what you do. I love what you represent. I love what you stand for. I love the time that we get to spend together. And um, I'll share all the good links in the show notes. And I'll just be honoured if you'd leave us a final thought from your good self. Well, first off, man, <clears throat> I love you, buddy. And this is a, a friendship and, and a relationship that I, I truly honour. I really, really do. And, you know, we'll go, of course, buddy, and we'll go a little bit where we, we won't message each other too often, but here and there, but every time that we do, every time we connect again, I feel like I just spoke to you yesterday <laughs> and there's just something very special. Um, and something I just, I'm, I am beyond great. Like I feel like gratitude doesn't even express how I feel about it. So I just wanted, to, of course, man, I just wanted to throw that out there and just like the, the final thought, just if there's anything that I can just put out there for people to hear is understanding that you are love. That's the truest form of who you are. That's why joy feels so good for you. That's why love feels so good. That's why when you have those moments, they feel unlike anything else. And you know you're in a place that's special because that's who you truly are. And in what we talked about, not trying to control your beliefs or your thoughts and saying, you have to think that you are love, but just try it. Just try to be more loving in a situation. Try to find more empathy and forgiveness and understanding for yourself and people in more situations than not. Just try mm -hmm. and see if it works for you. If it, if it resonates with you and it feels aligned to you, then you know that that's who you are and you know that's how you want to be and show up in the world. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. But why not just give it a try and a shot and, and, and do it for yourself. Like take the data, like, don't just believe what I'm saying, do it for yourself and then take the data in on your own and receive the information and receive the feedback that you're getting and decide on your own. If that's how you actually want to be and show up in the world every single day. Love that. Justin court. Thank you for the second time. I appreciate it. Love you, brother. I love you too, bud. Thanks, man.